Hello and welcome to our series, Revelation Expectations. This is episode 15, part 1, chapter 11, and we'll be covering verses 1 through 12 in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. We encourage you to listen to episode 1 in this series for background and other episodes to get caught up. That leads us into today's episode, Bridge to the Seventh Trumpet, part 1. I am Stephanie Wright. And I am Charles Wright. Starting with verse 1 in chapter 11, it reads, And there was given to me, this is John talking, there was given to me a reed like a rod, and someone said, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in it. What we see here is that there's an instruction given to John during this time of interlude uh, between uh, the sixth seal being broken and before the seventh seal is broken with the seventh trumpet. He's told to uh, measure the temple and the altar and those who worship in this temple. This temple is the third temple that has not been built yet. Notice that and remember that back in uh, 70 AD, the Romans had destroyed the second temple. So this temple that John saw is the third earthly temple that is still not built as of yet. Nevertheless, he, we should also remember this. When the scriptures are talking about the temple, it could be talking about you and I, not just the earthly because we're earthly temples also. We were referred to as being the temple of the Holy Ghost, the dwelling place of God. And here's, the, I, to, for me, I see that God is trying to get the attention of the churches, the seven churches that were also measured because the Lord sent word to them and told them of their indiscrepancies. So God is interested in the indiscrepancies and the standards that we have that relate to a place where he will dwell, not only in the earthly temple, but in the human earthly temple. So rise and measure it. Notice that he says here in the second verse, and, and this and means to also measure this, and the court which is outside the temple, cast out. Don't measure it. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. This prophecy is related to the fact that the Romans had already, number one, had already destroyed the second temple that Herod had built, finished building, I should say. And this referred again to 42 months. The 42 months is related to the second half of the tribulation. Because we're going to look at and see what's happening before the second half. And that is, we're referring to the two witnesses that shall come up. All right, the third verse. And I will cause my two witnesses. Now, that's the third verse. He's talking about the two witnesses during the second half of the great tribulation the last three and a half years. And I will cause my two witnesses to prophesy a thousand two hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth. So we understand that sackcloths relate to grievance, pity, crying out. So the two witnesses, you want to talk about the two witnesses a little bit, Stephanie? Well, I'm going to move on to 11, chapter 11, verse 4. And I think that will address something about the two witnesses. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. 
This reference to two olive trees and candlesticks is found in the vision of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter four, verse two. It is believed, according to the commentary of Matthew Henry, the two witnesses are like, that means it's a simile, they are like, they are actually, they are like Zerubbabel, who led the Jews from Babylonian captivity back to Jerusalem, laid the foundation of the second temple in Jerusalem, and like Joshua, not the Jericho Joshua. This Joshua was the first person chosen to be the high priest for the reconstruction of the Jewish temple after the return of the Jews from the Babylonian captivity. That's in Zechariah chapter 6, verses 9 through 14, and Ezra chapter 3 in the Bible. Whoever they are, they were sent from God because, as we read Zechariah chapter 4, verse 12, and verse 14, it reads, And I answered again and said unto him, Zechariah speaking, What are these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? Verse 14. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. So these two witnesses are empowered through the Holy Spirit, which is represented by the oil which flows from the olive trees, verse 12 of Zechariah 4. Are these witnesses self-sustaining through the Holy Spirit? What about us? Are we relying on the Holy Spirit to sustain us as witnesses of Christ? Or do we try to operate off our own false power? That's a good point, Stephanie, you're pointing out, because we see these two witnesses being sustained by the Holy Spirit. And we saw from the opening that John was supposed to uh, measure these temples. And uh, if you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost, we're being measured. Are we receiving continuous oil from two witnesses of God who are Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit? It's <laughs> a good thought. Now, moving on to verse five. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth, the two witnesses, and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These witnesses are empowered to literally light up anyone who tries to interfere with the gospel. They have a job to do and a mere three and a half years in which to do it. We have a job to do and we do not know how long we have to do it. That is to tell the world about Jesus, salvation, and being ready for his return. We do not kill literally, but we let the Holy Spirit kill whatever prevents man from yielding themselves to Jesus and the salvation he freely offers. Now, moving on to verse 6. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecies, still speaking of the two witnesses, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. These are some powerful witnesses. We immediately think about Elijah praying and shutting up heaven's rain for three and a half years. That's in 1 Kings chapter 17 and James chapter 5 verses 17 and 18. And we also think about God's plagues on the Egyptians. Exodus verses chapters 5 through 10. Verse 7 tells us uh, further about these two witnesses. And when they have completed their testimony, the beast who comes up out of the abyss 
will make war with them and will overcome them and kill them. We see here that there is a temporary time for the witnesses to do their job. I think Stephanie was made comment earlier about the fact that we are his witnesses as well, and we are to be sustained by the Holy Spirit. It is believed that the beast represents world or secular government, which is a disavowing of the two witnesses and the words that they preach. So the beast kills them publicly. And we all know that we have Internet and things like that. So the whole world can see this happening uh, even today if something happens in real time. And the eighth verse and their corpse will be on the street of the great city, which is Jerusalem, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. So we see here that the Lord in his word in prophecy to John is referred to as the great city, which is Jerusalem. However, with this third temple that was being or will be built, it still was uh, corrupt. It still was not following after the ways of God through Jesus Christ. It's unfortunate that so many people and so many people in their worship, they do not do not recognize who Jesus is and refuse to. And yet they worship with their mouths, but not with their heart, because it takes Jesus to change the heart. So we see here that the city is referred to as great, but a great city that's referred to as Sodom and Egypt, where people are bound. So sometimes we have to watch our worship and see, are you bound by a certain worship and it's not being led by the Holy Spirit? Are we doing this? That was what the cases were for. That was the case for the seven churches that we saw at the beginning of the study of Revelation. They themselves had to be called in and given a measuring stick. That's what Jesus was doing when he spoke to John. He said to talk to the seven churches. He was a measuring stick. He wanted to know, how is your worship? Are you bound? Are you participating in things that are not of God? Uh, and if so, then this is a calling to come to the Lord and know him in truth and, and in spirit and in truth. So their corpse will be in the street. That's this verse eight. And their corpse will be in the street. Everybody in the whole wide world will be able to see these corpses, uh, especially now today. We can do that where also their Lord Jesus was crucified. So Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. So this is all referencing to Jerusalem, the, the, the Jerusalem that's of the future. Ninth verse. And those of the peoples and tribes and tongues and nations see their corpse for three and a half days. Now, three and a half days. And they do not allow their corpse to be placed in a tomb. Uh, notice that three and a half days. How long was uh, Lazarus in the, uh, in the grave or in the tomb? He was there for four days and God raised him up from the dead. How long was Jesus in the uh, tomb? Three days. And God raised him from the dead. So we're going to see some more going on here that seems to replicate the power of God. Thank you, Pastor Charles. And let me comment on that verse seven, that even though the beast does uh, overcome and kill the, um, the two witnesses, we, we know that he nevertheless is not greater than God. Amen. And we will see that certainly as we continue on. Now looking at verse 10, and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, that's the two witnesses, and make merry and shall send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. These witnesses were hated for their profession of Christ. Just like the devil, same today, you will be hated for your profession of Christ. People will reject Christ's messengers, rejoice when they are no longer around to talk about Jesus. They may even throw a party. 
But those who partied when the two witnesses were killed had their party time cut short. Because verse 11 says, And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood up upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. They did not bury the witnesses, as Apostle Charles already referenced in the verse that he read. They simply left their bodies out in the open. Now, that is just sacrilegious, but they probably wish they had buried them, but it wouldn't have mattered. They would have come up out of the grave. Even if they had desecrated their bodies and chopped them up, God would have gathered every body part and reassembled them like something out of a Terminator or Transformer movie. And then, just as the world saw them killed, verse 9, which reads, People, kindred, tongues, nations, worldwide, the world will see them resurrected. And how can they not think of Christ, who was resurrected in three days? And add to their misery, verse 12, which says, And they heard a great voice from heaven, saying unto them, Come up here. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Now talk about adding insult to injury. These murderers have to hear the voice of God speaking and watch the witnesses they thought they had destroyed ascending up to heaven. But some of the people get it. They realize these witnesses were God's servants. And how do we know this? Well, join us for part two of episode 15, Bridge to the Seventh Trumpet, and find out. Now, Apostle Charles, do you have any other thoughts? Only this. If we have the power to be able to see live streaming of uh, events that are taking place in the world in time, reference of it actually happening, the witnesses will, they themselves won't experience any problem, but the people, like Stephanie pointed out, the people are going to be rejoicing. How long? Well, three and a half days that they're dead and unburied. They're going to have a party for three and a half days around the world because they were tormented by the witness of the witness. So uh, there's more to the story that God has for his glory. And we expect you to join us on the next episode of part two of episode 15. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. You may also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the symbol at CG Missions, Inc. or INC. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time. God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.